Hi, I'm Simon Worthington, and this is the Belfast Design Week podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Kinos. Kinos is a company that develops digital technology that helps people work smarter, better, and faster. They do this by creating bespoke solutions for public and private organizations across the world, building innovative software platforms that make life easier for clients, including the DVSA, the NHS, and Netflix. By following a user-centered approach, Kinos delivers services that meet the needs, expectations, and behaviors of their users. Their user research and insight allow them to truly understand their clients and define appropriate solutions. Year on year, Kinos's design capability is growing and works so well because they combine their design experience with wider technical capabilities, working quickly and collaboratively to turn insights, concepts, and designs into practical solutions. To find out more about how Kinos is changing the world, how it lives and works, visit kinos.com. Each year at Belfast Design Week, we employ a theme to challenge ourselves to think about different aspects of design. In 2018, our theme was Future Heritage, which sparked a fascinating discussion amongst designers of all disciplines about Belfast, as a design city, what it's like in its current condition, and what the city could become. This year, the theme for Belfast Design Week is power. And throughout this podcast mini-series, we invite you to consider what that means to you and your work. Be it the power dynamic that shapes the design industry, the power of effective and beautiful design, or the negatives and positives of struggling with our own sense of powerfulness. In this mini-series, we'll get to know the people behind some of the most fascinating design happening in Ireland today, and listen to their stories, experiences, and ideas. We want to use the power of their stories to teach us all something new, to appreciate and learn more about the design industry. Because when you're a designer, you never stop learning. Whether you work on UX, draft design, or illustration and hand lettering, there's always something new to learn. In this episode, we host Fiona McLaughlin and Tom Getty, the creative duo behind Taunt, a studio based in Belfast that specializes in animation, realistic VFX, and progressive interactive images for their global client base. We caught up with Fiona and Tom to talk about setting up a studio, collaboration and adaptability, and the importance of maintaining balance between work and our personal lives. Fiona and Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks very much. First of all, I was just wondering if you could maybe tell us a little bit about your respective paths into animation. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess mine was a bit of a winding, turning one. Uh, I initially wanted, like when I went to art school, I wanted to do ceramics. <laughs> uh, and then I got to art school and I was like, oh my God, I'm so terrible at ceramics. <laughs> um, but as it turned out, I was a lot better at graphic design. So I did the foundation year in Belfast uh art school school of art um and from that my lecture uh was like hey do you know we're starting an animation course and I was like no <laughs> uh so from there I kind of applied and I kind of got into that first batch of animation but at the time it was like interaction design and animation so I was still really interested in user design and um kind of interaction as well as animation um so i went into the course with a super open mind and i kind of really didn't like disney <laughs> didn't like animation in its traditional sense uh, i think i was much more interested in more kind of uh new ways of 
using technology uh, to tell stories or to find like a human connection in a way. Uh, so all very like art schooly <laughs> and like blue skies thinking. Uh, but then the course kind of got more focused on animation, which was kind of worked out okay for me because I started to really enjoy animation. And yeah, during that time, I kind of had like a diversion. I went down to Dublin and did like startup-y things, <laughs> which was like another kind of path. And so I still wasn't committed to animation yet uh, until my final year. And I came back and I thought, okay, not doing the startup thing. I really love telling stories and using kind of different technologies. And uh, yeah, graduated like four years ago a week <laughs> I don't know uh some time ago and then my first job was when I met Tom nice. and then we worked together for like a year and it was amazing and then I left for Berlin <laughs> <laughs> how did you meet uh so like our so uh when I graduated I got an exposition mm, scheme with an ice cream um and I worked with another local studio called Ender Yes and we were both working there at the time. And we kind of just worked really well together uh, and on a, like a number of projects and just thought this is a good creative partnership. Um, and if I ever return from Berlin, we'll start our own studio. <laughs> That's exactly what was said. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. you intend to return from Berlin? No. <laughs> you were um, so like, I'm out of here. Never yeah, back. I was, I don't know. I was like burnt out and fed up uh, with Belfast and Ireland the island of Ireland and I didn't want to be in that rat race of the London uh, way of living and I just thought I needed a break I needed to see the world a bit I needed to like get out of my comfort zone and learn German which I didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah I fully intended to go to Berlin and stay there for like 10 years but I came back after like half a year <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and here we are very good. Yeah. What about you, Tom? Where did you um, first realise that animation was something you're very um, interested in? I think my path was a little bit more linear than yours, a little bit less kind of all over the place. But I, in school, I was pretty useless at everything. And then I started doing moving image arts and making films and doing bits and bobs and decided I wanted to do that. And then my best friend found the animation course in Bournemouth and I was like, I'm going to do that. So I just applied pretty much based on his recommendation and very little of my own research. And then, yeah, I just didn't do a foundation year, went straight there, did computer animation for three years, and then graduated and got a job in NGS in Belfast. And worked there for, I was probably there a year and a half, maybe by the time you started, something like that. But you did have a brief stint as a Game of Thrones extra. I did. <laughs> that time. In my, in the, yeah, in the middle gap where I was trying to find work, I was an extra in Game of Thrones for a few months and wasn't a huge fan of yes, <laughs> so, way more hair <laughs> yeah i think when we met i had just one of those beards that just grows out not down it was, <laughs> it was a good look but yeah i started working there and i've kind of been doing that ever since we worked together for a year then you left and i was sort of freelancing <laughs> air quotes for six months or so till you came back and that's kind of it Pumi, you talked a little bit about blue sky sinking and like the opportunities that art school kind of gave you to explore what you were interested in how did your experiences at university set you up for your, what you're doing now? Um, well, for me, like I think there was a lot of optimism around the course. Um, as we were the babies, you know, your first child, you're like, oh, look, just gonna cherish it and blossom it. And I feel like we got like a lot of encouragement and a lot of uh, 
uh, I guess, opportunities through that to really push ourselves. Um, and the lectures were great. Like we really got to the course was like all about presentation, all about communication, all about like trying to make those big ideas. Even if you don't ha necessarily have the tools or the know how to make them, you just got to prototype it and kind of get those things out there. Um, I guess this guy's painting. It's kind of innate with, I guess, art school. <laughs> you kind of have to be an uh, an optimist, I think, uh, to think about all those ideas and like, okay, let's explore one of them. It might not work. It might fail horribly, but I mean, at least I tried it and I learned lots. And you can bring those learnings and put them back into your next idea and see how that goes. So I think maybe that's rubbed off me on me like a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm a, too much of an optimist, but. Yeah. I think we're about at a level now. Yeah. I think yeah. when we first met, you were just like, I'm going to do all these huge things and yeah. see you later, Tom. And I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Stay yeah, with me. For sure. <laughs> and obviously now you, you work together as, as a duo in collaboration with each other. I suppose when you first met, were you interested in similar things? Were you working on similar um, things? It, yeah, similar. I think we kind of grew into having the exact same taste and everything <laughs> over the course of that yeah. year. When we first met, you were very into the like super abstract, highbrow stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was way too highbrow for my own good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I don't think I really knew what I was into. I think the course I did was very just like, we're going to prepare you to go work at a massive studio in London and or go to Disney or do whatever it is, just be cog in the machine sort of thing. So... I was only just starting to think about what I actually cared about. And then, yeah, you were very passionate about your thing. I found my own and we kind of just met somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think like when I left, so uh, for my final year project, I did like a VR documentary film, which is like a project that I still love. And I'd love to go back and explore that medium uh, a little bit more. But I kind of had this great project that I really loved. Um, and was like, I'm going to do more of this stuff whenever I go into industry. And then you realize that you're starting at the bottom <laughs> and you just have to do the stuff that you're told to do. <laughs> uh, and I'm and, your boss. Yeah, <laughs> and Tom's my boss going, oh, here's this guy. <laughs> um, and yeah, from there, I think I definitely got a lot more grounded because, you know, at the time, you know, Oculus was updating their blog on VR at the time and it was like super cutting edge stuff, even though that's like not even that long ago. <laughs> but I think, yeah, got a lot more grounded uh, as an artist and, you know, okay, use the skills you have to be able to make a living. And like uh, coming from like a rural Donegal background, that's like something that I maybe forgot in <laughs> art school because you know you're you're always thinking about the blue skies but you actually in reality you need to like start making a living off the things that you can actually use mm -hmm. which is like another lesson that I remembered in Berlin <laughs> yeah. and it's something that we've been thinking about a lot as the business as well it's yeah. just you know the main thing is to just get off the ground initially and then start to just add in more and more of the sort of passion projects as you go along yeah you came back from Berlin after half a year and now you guys have started Taunt. Maybe just tell us a little bit about your studio and how it is to work together now in this format. Um, so yeah, you came back and we had a few months, or, or well, you were there actually, we had a couple of months of just back and forth trying to work out how the hell to run a business, yeah. essentially. And you had some experience because you had done like a startup before, but I was very much like, I don't know, I've just worked in a company. I've ideas of things I want to make but I've no idea how to actually get to that stage so that was really handy and you were there to tell me to write business plans and do all the boring stuff that yeah. I didn't want to do yeah first thing we did was well 
Yeah, first thing we did was write a business plan and have like whole day conversations about how what are our first steps? Uh, how do we change this from being like just a creative freelancey type thing to like something that has more longevity and something that is more of a vehicle for a lifestyle and also like a community in Northern Ireland, but also being a part of that bigger, wider UK animation mm-hmm. collective, I think. We wanted to be as prepared and as thorough as possible, but we also had a bit of like a deadline on it because neither of us were working at that stage. So there was mm-hmm. like, you know, let's just do it right. But also we need to make money really soon. <laughs> yeah, it was like when I came back from Berlin, uh, we had to find a house, uh, then kind of get settled. And we were like, OK, if we don't make it to May. <laughs> so we had had from January to May in order to like get work that is like sustainable to like get a studio and get up and running and we got our first major project in may yeah (laughs) yeah it's very exciting but to get to that point we had like you me you me and my partner in working in my tiny one bedroom flat like we had one desk and us on the floor for a few weeks and then working in your in my kitchen in your kitchen for a few weeks with the heating turned off in the winter and it's so brutal like it feels like got frostbite <laughs> during the day yeah but there was a lot of that stuff to get through and then all of a sudden the ball started rolling and it thankfully yeah. hasn't stopped yet yeah and quite quickly you know once we got that first project it was kind of up on all systems go then and we haven't really you know we've been able to sustain that through those like projects we do so much um as creatives we're super open to variety I and mean, that's kind of like one of the things we really like and it's also a reason why we're quite small is to be able to be as nimble and flexible um so like our passion for narrative and, and character uh, animation and like motion graphics is something that feeds into a whole bunch of different mediums so we do like our bread and butter is like commercial animation for advertising or whatever that might be and then that advertising realm can be 2d animation 3d animation vfx motion graphics yada yada and ar vr ar and vr stuff um and then that can also go into we're working on a short film at the moment (laughs) we're working on some games ideas um it's really kind of that's everything really if it has animation in it if things move <laughs> yeah we kind of tend to get excited about them <laughs> yeah so the closest we got to an illustration project we then cut it up and animated it and made it an ar app instead because it has to yeah, move yeah so yeah we do a bunch of stuff kind of everything really yeah and so like we do big projects as well as small projects so i mean one of the smallest projects we had like four seconds of vfx <laughs> for like an ad and then our biggest project was probably half an hour or hours worth of content for the bbc so i mean we're pretty flexible like one person could be working on something or we could kind of extend the team and maybe five or six people could be mm-hmm. working on a project at one time so um obviously that's like a lot yeah. <laughs> um yeah i think we have a lot of crossover as well so it's not that you're the like 3d one and i'm the 2d one or vice versa yeah we both do Every 3D project comes in, we both work on it. Every 2D one, we both work on it. And, we, and when we set up, people said that you should have had, like, one of you was the business one and one of you was the arty one. And we were like, that's not important. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just both be the arty ones. That'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I think kind of after, I mean, when we began, we were very much on, like, our creative partnership was, you know, we both do a lot of the things. You know, there's some things that 
Tom's faster at and I'm faster at and we tend to just do those for the sake of time um, but we're both very much involved at every kind of stage in each kind of project which is I don't know how to explain that in a way that's conventional yeah, <laughs> yeah every yeah there, there is a process but it is changed and and fits to each project I think so your collaboration style is quite fluid very much so yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah, project yeah. dependent and just whoever has the idea or the sort of drive behind it they may be the director and someone else produces and and yeah. that's completely fine and we just take a turn about yeah i think it's like you know if some if one of us has a clear creative vision for something and we kind of give each other the support and confidence to be able to carry that through and kind of take that off the ground with like support from you know each of our own kind of perspective skills and um i think that's something that actually we've been talking with you know so we've just kind of had our first full-time hire amy Shout out to Amy. Uh, she's just amazing. Um, and it's something that we want her to be in part of as well. Um, and something that we want every kind of freelancer who works with us to, c to come on board and have, uh, like one of the things I learned when I was in Berlin <laughs> was uh, my first job was with like a production studio. And the guy kind of sat me down and was like, look, my ideas are not king here. You know, you have as much right to uh experiment with ideas and input into a project as anybody else as you know the director or producer and that's something that we definitely have with people that we work with or that we want them to feel like they have yeah um, like because there's no saying that we just have all the good ideas at all <laughs> like that's not how it works it's supposed to be as open as possible and equally we kind of let the team into sort of what we're doing as well so it's not just like we're an isolated like boss figure who I don't know, does lots of spreadsheet stuff that you've no idea. Like we try and let them understand what it is we're doing and hopefully if they want to set up studios and things in the future, they kind of can learn something from what we're doing. Yeah. But yeah, equally, uh, all the creative decisions are collaborative with everyone. Yeah, and I think, you know, we weigh in with our experience in pitching and our relationship with the client and, you know, we'll put the ideas out to the floor and like, okay, what about this? So what about this? And okay, okay, well that's a good idea however it conflicts with the client in such and such a way so i think if we can reimagine it a little way we can maybe work with the project so it'll never be like a no or like a exclusion or it's never black and white i think uh, when it comes to that uh collaboration within the studio so you talked a little bit earlier about kind of like your vision and your identity just in terms of you sat down and had these day-long conversations about that i suppose from the client perspective, what do you want them to see when they see your work? Yeah, I think that is something that we've been struggling with somewhat as well because we do a little bit of everything, like we were saying. So sometimes when we go to clients, it can be unclear, you know, are you a 2D animation studio, are you a game studio, are you something else entirely? So yeah, it's definitely something we've been trying to work out and it, it does tend to end up we sort of adapt a little bit depending on who we're talking to. And I think, yeah, like such a small studio trying to do such a wide variety of things. Um, I think, you know, we have to put our best foot forward. And we had all these studios that we w were inspired by. And there was such a variety, you know, there was like really cool, like data oriented, like motion graphics design studios in London. And then you had some really great like character animation stuff. Like, would you believe it or not? Our first talks were like, we're never going to do character animation. Yeah. We're, we suck. <laughs> yeah, we're only going to do motion graphics and it's going to all be super edgy. Yeah, and, yeah, and like photoreal simulations and like, so I think 
as we grow and we bring more people into the studio, those um the things that are important to us change all the time. And I think, you know, we've only really been doing this two years, but I guess we change as creatives as well. So mm-hmm. while we've investigated photorealism or we've done a lot of like simulation based animation, when Amy came in, it was very much like her uh, character animation was so powerful and so um communicative that we couldn't not bring that into the forefront of what we do mm-hmm. and um, i think the vision is just adapting constantly so at the start it was very much mm-hmm. just you and me and we wanted to just make cool weird stuff all the time but that that has adapted and I'm, I'm happy for it to adapt and it will always adapt and like yesterday we were talking a lot about how the main things we want going forward is to start making more things that mean something to us and that have some sort of a positive impact on the world and i think that's come become a little bit more of what the sort of vision is for the yeah. future it's some to some extent it's becoming less about just this sort of specific style and more about what the end product is i guess and i think from a client perspective of what we do i think it's you know that we're as invested in their story as they are and that we so while our skills and our approach to each project is unique it's as unique as the client is and as unique as the project is and i think that's something that we're always trying to achieve with every project that we take on is really kind of get into the nitty-gritty of what really is that story and who is their audience and why does the audience care as well because i guess that's what we love about animation and film and games is that we love the type of work that resonates with us as humans and moves us and makes us think in some way um or and it can just be like a giggle <laughs> you know like a fun gift that like makes you oh, that totally that was so satisfying or it can be something more uh, impactful like we did stuff about sleep and stuff about um, climate change climate was change a, was a nice and, little set to do yeah yeah so i think like i think that's probably the best way to summarize such a a diverse portfolio <laughs> i don't know if that answered anything we're just <laughs> st- still saying we do everything <laughs> no it's perfect um in terms of your clients do they come to you with very specific briefs we're really happy to be involved at sort of any part of the pipeline so sometimes they do come to us and they say like this is my rough character sketch and this is my storyboard and this is the vision and this is length of time and this is the view artist just do this exact thing and that's fine and sometimes it's like we want a campaign and it might have Santa in it. And you're like, okay, is that it? <laughs> yeah. And then we can kind of run with that and we can do the storyboard process and we can just do all of the design element from start to finish, yeah. which like I, I enjoy both for yeah. different reasons. I'm finding more that definitely we're kind of finding a niche for ourselves with that art direction. I think the more projects that we do and the kind of type of projects that we deliver for our clients has been uh, I think it's going to show like a real broad range of skills, but I think what so we're getting some recognition for is that kind of creative direction and the ability to come with a fresh set of ideas and actually be able to do the whole thing uh, from that like script phase all the way to that final um, edit. You spoke a little bit about um, how adaptability is part of your identity. And you also mentioned earlier a little bit about emerging technology. How do you, what are the emerging technologies in your field and what is that going to mean for animators and designers in general? Um, I guess there's a lot of stuff going on at the minute between sort of like AI and 
real-time rendering and that sort of thing. The main one for us is real-time rendering is something we're trying to incorporate into our pipeline like as soon as possible, really, because <laughs> yeah. you know at the minute we're doing animations and you know every second has twenty-five individual frames written out, and one frame could take somewhere between two and twenty-five minutes to create. So you know when you run the numbers, you're like, do we need six months to just make this three-minute animation? It doesn't entirely work. So real-time rendering is a technology that just kind of eliminates that need to wait forever for yeah. things and it you know, gives you instant feedback and instant animation yeah and from a creative perspective um having that uh very short time from being able to create what you've made from being able to see it is something that is really satisfying that has not been something that we've been able to do in a kind of the last couple of years so Typically, through the pipeline, you'd create your models and your textures and you'd light it and then you'd press render and then you have to wait like five minutes and you're like, oh no, it's not quite the quality that I wanted and then you have to wait again and it feels like half of your life is rendering. <laughs> it's and it brutal. is. Especially when, so. you're, when you do something wrong and you can't work it out and you're like, did I click this wrong? And then every time you do another pass, it's mm. 10 minutes before you can try another thing to fix it and then you're there all night and you've got nothing to show for it. So yeah, I think like a lot of the... Uh, emerging technologies are kind of behind the scenes to a lot of like the the uh, general public I guess you know a lot of games technologies are starting to bleed into animation and animation into games technologies and those are real starting to be sort of like a, a merging of those two industries from like a creative and a production standpoint Um, I think we've seen like a lot of decline in the use of like VR I think I was at Gamescom uh, last week uh, which was insane just kind of recovering from it now but you know there was like a lot of people were like ah, oh, not really that hot into to vr so i think it's um i think there's a lot of excitement around new technologies but it's really about like that kind of uh public adaption of those technologies and the kind of access accessibility of them as well yeah and as a small business we have to be you know we're excited but we also have to be very cautious with sort of diving headfirst into anything <laughs> you know if we had a dived headfirst into vr a year ago we might be right now thinking, oh God, we need to completely change our entire plan. So being quietly cautious definitely is key <laughs> with new technology. Yeah, but it's really fun though. I really, really love creating things for new technologies and finding out where the bumps are and actually getting them into your audience's hands and getting that feedback. Um, like one of the things uh, I really love, love about cinema as as a medium is that everyone's there in the same room and you can hear each other like laughing or crying <laughs> at the same time um but and i think other mediums have different strengths in that way and i think as a studio we definitely have to be open to them um but i think it's like a project by project uh use case i think yeah and it's interesting as well how you said about even like the cinema as a as a metaphor for like the human experience of just watching something like there's it's a lot of it like other people's reactions to it is important as well and like why are people watching what they're watching and even the fact that you mentioned earlier that the stories of your clients are important like that the human element no matter where the technology goes probably has to remain central do you think yeah definitely absolutely it has to exist or it's just lifeless and soulless without it yeah i think that's a part of our kind of general business ethos is incorporating lifestyle and the fact that you're human <laughs> And you can't be like a workhorse all the time, as much as you 
I definitely want to be, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I have all these ideas and we need to finish this pitch and we need to do this thing. And it's like a million things to do. I mean, at the end of the day, like we've got, we've got kind of our own perspective lives and partners and family and friends that we, you know, without, we'd be, I guess, a, just a bit aimless mm-hmm. uh, and purposeless, I think. Um, and I think that no, kind of cherishing that in our own personal lives, kind of, we consider that with our clients and the stories that we have mm-hmm. through them are you good at keeping a balance <laughs> yeah i think yeah we I are. Think, it, yeah no we definitely are yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought about it we are i know because i was just a flashback to like two weeks ago i had the flu and i just i should have like turned off my phone and i couldn't <laughs> it's like we to tried to make her turn off her phone i didn't force you to just to yeah. clarify um, but no, I'd say we do. That was very much yeah. one of the key things when we set up was we need to have a work-life balance because you know we love what we do, but we it's not our life. We have friends and family and partners and all sorts of things that we're trying to achieve. And we don't want to make that the sort of norm in the studio because then this team start doing that as well. And it's just counter, it's counterproductive yeah. for one. Like no one works well when they're working all night, every night, and no one's happy. Yeah. Anyone works well. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's back to the human element. Like, we want everyone to be happy and to enjoy what they do and walk into work smiling is the plan. Yeah, and, and leave work smiling. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've only done, what, three or four proper late nights in over a year and a half, which yeah. Yeah. isn't too bad. Yeah, I think we take the uh, the idea of that responsibility of management and of care for the business very seriously and if anything does get out of whack in terms of managing projects and stuff it's just that's kind of our fault and we have to kind of take the rap for that Mm -hmm. um yeah and yeah we definitely try and maintain a a life balance because as tom says like it's just no point otherwise and especially i think it's more important now that there's a team with us as well like it's not just us i think we can to some extent you can get behind it's sort of ruining your own life but you don't want to ruin other people's yeah yeah exactly yeah because i think you know from a creative perspective you need that energy and you need that like downtime to be able to think about things and like watch films and read a book and listen to the world in some way because if you're always in like head deep in your projects and in the business you're not going to get a chance to listen and see new things i think as well sure so you spent some time away in berlin and you studied in england yeah i studied in bournemouth and then i've been sort of here ever since waiting for fiona to come back (laughs) (laughs) and fiona you said that when you left to go to berlin you were a bit fed up with belfast and ireland as a whole and now you're back what do you think of belfast now as a base to have are they brilliant (laughs) Uh, you've done a u-turn haven't you yeah complete u-turn um it really made me reflect on myself and on like my own history and uh the value that that had i think there was a big not a big identity crisis but like it was you know when you're there and you're talking to people from all over the world you're going oh i'm from here and i've done this and it's like people like are interested and they're like cool what's that about tell me more like well it's actually kind of (laughs) great and then I was like oh it is kind of great isn't it (laughs) um yeah I think 
What was the question again? What do you think about Belfast now? What I think about Belfast now, yeah, I think it's such, there's so many amazing opportunities for young people, um, for people that are trying to do something different, something new. Um, there's really great support from, well, in the animation industry, NI Screen have been absolutely amazing yeah. and supportive. And there's a huge wealth of knowledge here on, like, particularly within the animation industry. Um, like, one of, whenever we came back and we were like, how do we do the studio thing? There was like at least 10 people that we could call and have coffees with. And we did. And we did, yeah. And that was fantastic. And we kind of were like, are we mad? <laughs> you know, I think that was like the uh, like core question. It's like, are we mad to come back and do a, uh, a studio here? And the resonating uh, consensus was like, no, go yeah. for it. It's great. We had a lot of sort of caution about our age I think was a big mm. part of it it was just we had a feeling if we tried to set something up there'd be older people looking at us going like kids you know yeah and it was almost like we needed permission to do that and felt like oh we don't have the credentials to be able to do it and uh, one of the kind of take-home facts for me was like in Berlin nobody really waited for that they were just like get in if you don't like that nightclub just set up one in a bus <laughs> or you know if they don't sell the type of food that you like. Just start making it yourself and go to the market and do that kind of stuff. So there's a really big kind of get up and go attitude. And I realized that there was a big get up and go attitude here in Belfast as well. And mm -hmm. like, I think the fact that we've been able to set this up and mm -hmm. have this last year and a half is, is testament to Belfast to some extent too. Like the funding opportunities that is there and the support network that's there is incredible. And it's, I don't know other cities that can match it as well for sort of creative companies starting up so. yeah and like it's cert like it's definitely growing i feel like with the talent that's coming out of belfast met and university of ulster as well as people being able to have access to tutorials and software that has like different you know so adobe is like now a prescribe like a monthly prescription rather than paying like a couple of grand up front for loads of software so like accessibility to education like the benchmark or the the barriers have been lowered for that, for talent. And we're seeing there's so many great, talented young people in Northern Ireland as well as like um, mid-level and senior designers as well here that have been brought with bigger productions, you know, with the likes of Jam and 16 South and Game of Thrones and all of that stuff, like have created such a wealth of talent that we're tapping into. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, getting uh, advice from for sure. Is there a design community here, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I guess, like, what you guys are doing and the work <laughs> of, like, Karishma and Belfast Design Week and, like, there's such a buzz with design in Belfast. I think that's, like, a really strong sector. And I think that's actually, we actually um, really look at some of the design studios in Belfast that are doing really great work, like Addo Partners. Um, the guys there are really great. And, you know, they have, like such a great approach to their business and it's something that we kind of want to reflect in some ways in what we do too so mm -hmm. the design community is definitely like an inspiration for us as well yeah uh, and i think the the animation community could definitely be more involved in in this sort of design aspect and yeah. that sort of community vibe but they're getting there it's yeah. a work in progress yeah. so the theme this year for belfast design week is power what does that mean to you uh, yeah, we were just talking about that before we came out. I think, you know, there's there's two aspects for it in 
kind of we were chatting about it. I think one of them is for a very local sense. So there's a responsibility in the power that we have as studio owners to respect our employees and our clients and try and do the best thing that's within our control and our responsibility. Uh, and then I guess there's like the broader political sense of power. You know, we're potentially one of the longest, you know, countries without a government on record, which is a, ma- a massive uh, contributing sense of unease. Yeah, lack of power. <laughs> a lack of power, yeah, and, and direction. I guess um, with like Brexit looming as well, like there's the, like power means so much. And I think there's like a, a negative, like a lot of people have like a negative association with the idea of power but you know we're seeing a lot of grassroots movements um that people are kind of going okay well i actually am the owner of this power and i have control and i have responsibility to step up to the mark so i think that's kind of what we were talking about (laughs) yeah something like that yeah yeah like i think just accepting that we have the power to do the things we want to do you know Mm. that we had the power to set up the business ourselves based on very little knowledge of how to set up an animation studio but equally we have the power to you know if we aren't happy about certain things in the government to you know put on protests to do creative pieces that kind of reflect how we feel about that and you know we have a voice that we can sort of try and keep using consistently and you know what we're doing at the minute is trying to build a platform that we can start to speak about more important things yeah because i guess as artists as well you know, we have innate ability to communicate ideas um, and animation is just one of those tools to be able to do that and a way to connect with people and kind of help people find the di- like a dialogue to talk about issues that, that resonate with them, whether it be climate change or uh, civil rights movements or whatever it might be. Um, I think that's something that we're quite passionate about as well, I guess. And again, it comes back to this human element um, and, a, and a need to connect with people and um, have a sense of community. Mm-hmm. I think what you touched on at the start is important to kind of reiterate as well, the power that we have as kind of studio owners, which is a, a very stressful part of what we do. It's that we've got to pay people on time and we've got to, you know, we oh, pay our taxes, got to pay our taxes. Yeah. Shout out to our accountant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to do all that and that's vital to everything. And that's, you know, can be seen as a positive and a negative being in that position of power is daunting and it does create the odd sleepless night but it's also it's cool and exciting to be able to do that and create this sort of you know to have someone working for you is exciting you know that they are kind of basing some of their life around the sort of job that you've made it's exciting yeah it's a bit like surreal <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i guess you know we want people who work with us to have a sense of empowerment as well and ownership and sense control over what they're doing because i think that creates the most interesting work yeah shared power yeah it's not just us saying this is how it is this is what the the vibe of the company is like all of our jobs have this one thing like it's not that as well it's completely shared from everyone around us and that's great (laughs) love it so where did you get the name for your studio taunt from um i'll let you take this one tom this is a great story um there's no story. Essentially, we agonized over it for days and days and days and weeks, weeks probably, maybe months. I don't know. We, and it's not, 
Yeah, we just had a thousand ideas that we thought were the coolest thing ever, and they're taken by a thousand other companies in the entire world, and then a thousand ideas that we thought were all right, and they were taken by a thousand other companies in the world. So eventually, after banging our heads against the wall for ever, we went onto a random word generator online and just kept hitting it. And then eventually, taunt popped up, and we liked the symmetry. We're like, oh, there's a T yeah, either side. Yeah, there's like this T either side. It's got some nice strong vowels in it. It's yeah. got some nice shapes to it. Stylistically, th- it works. I think at that point, we were just like, yep, that'll, that'll do. Yeah. Company size. Okay, registered. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> and as people pointed out afterwards, they're like, oh, it sounds very like Tom. Was that on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So random word generator is... Yeah, way to go. That's uh, our top tip Top tip. studio names. <laughs> And if you were having gone through the process yourself in terms of setting up a studio, what advice would you give to someone else looking to do the same thing? Uh, Same advice we got on our first meeting is get an accountant. Yeah, shout out to Tim. Yeah. Yeah, just said get an accountant because it's the hardest thing ever and you've spent none of your life preparing to do that side of it. So there's no point. You'll just end up spending all of your time doing that and doing it wrong and then losing all your money. So that was great advice. Yeah, because if you just start off on that right foot as a foundation, you continue with that rather than having like your first year or two years of business and your invoices are everywhere and your bookkeeping's a mess and you have like tax and PAYE and yeah. pensions and all this stuff. And you're and like, ours, oh, is, ours is all perfect. Isn't perfect. It? We, haven't got, we haven't done anything <laughs> wrong. Um, but that, that was really, yeah, that was good. Just very like practical advice. But I think from our perspective or from my perspective, my advice would be that it is just, it is very doable, I think. Mm-hmm. I definitely had, I had, uh, I'd thought about the idea of setting up a studio and I'd kind of started to talk to some people, but some of the people I talked to were just like, no, you can't do it. You don't have enough experience. You haven't, you should work at an indie studio and you should work at a triple A studio and you should work everywhere and you should live in a thousand countries and then come back and then you'll be ready. And I got this real like pit of fear, like, oh God, I'm not qualified for this. But that's my advice is that you can't do it. If we can do it. Anyone can do it. Yeah. I think for me, I would say that my advice would be is surround yourself with great, kind, funny, inspirational people. And I think, you know, that's been a great source of kind of motivation within the studio is that we both kind of turn up and are absolutely motivated and ready to yeah. go. And, you know, with everyone that kind of comes in the studio, they kind of, I don't know, the pattern has been <laughs> the kind of optimistic, motivated, uh, people that have come on the on the journey which has been after like I kind of I cycle into work every day and I just like I'm beaming smiling going I can't wait to go to work today yeah just and it's about the people um and I didn't ever think it would be like that I thought we were destining ourselves to five years of hell of just working in your cold kitchen yeah five years (laughs) I completely thought that was that and you know a few months in we've sort of landed on our feet to some extent but it's just I've been <laughs> but yeah i've been enjoying every minute of it really i've yeah i've had yeah. one of the most fun year of my life really so just do it yeah it's all about the people why not oh other good advice is talk to people who know what they're doing also. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. we did a lot of which you know the first month was us trying to like wing it but also talking to people in various different companies that we respected massively and just getting their hot takes because all of them have different backgrounds and different perspectives and different things that went wrong with them that they can tell you yeah don't do that yeah and that kind of like openness is something that people people want to share their experiences and people want to help other people and 
like we definitely got the benefit of that and we definitely want to give that back to the community and give that back to whoever else is coming down the line having yeah. blue skies thinking and all that jazz i think we were worried like we felt like oh we would ask someone and they would just go like oh you know you're not ready if you do, if you don't know the answer already you're not ready but not a single person since we'd said yeah. we're actually doing this has said that all oh, they everyone's been amazing yeah. So just talk to as many people as it's physically possible. And yeah. So since you left university, how have you continued to keep developing and learning? Um, a lot of it has been self-taught. I think even throughout uni, it's very much a thing where it gives you this sort of framework to move forward and it gives you the odd lecture here and there that kind of say, like, here's an introduction to this topic, but it's not a we teach you how to animate and by the end of it, you'll know how to animate. Like you do have to put a lot of man hours in yourself and that's just kind of continued since leaving. So it's every job we do, we learn on as well. And we're particularly good at taking jobs that we don't hugely have experience in doing because we come up with the idea, like let's do it this way this time. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, we'll learn how to do that. And we always do. And it's great. So every job we do, we learn a little bit more and we teach each other as much as we can and everyone we hire knows more than us in various areas so we learn as much as we can from them too but a lot of it is self-taught or yeah most of it i'd say yeah there's like you get a particular knack of scrolling through forms and googling certain things a certain way and knowing where to dig for answers and bugs uh, and you know these problems can take like five minutes or they can take like two days yeah. <laughs> but i think that's that you know looking at tutorials, learning from other people, having a constant kind of open approach to problem solving is a big one and a kind of a resilience because sometimes there's a bug in the software and it's actually just to do with the version, yeah. <laughs> you know, Maya 2 point whatever versus Maya 2 point something else. And yeah. it's like... But it's been great learning from other people has been one of the best experiences mm. of the whole studio thing. Like we had one of the first people who worked with us was a guy called Dan. Shout out, to Dan. Shout out to Dan, Dan Wilson, legend, amazing artist and motion graphics designer, illustrator and everything. But he was on doing some 2D work for us and we weren't hugely experienced in that at that stage. And yeah. we just kind of sat staring at his screen the entire time he was working and learned some of it. Yeah. And sometimes it would be simple, as simple as going, Dan, is there a button that does this particular thing? And you go, yes, there's five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can do it this way, this way, this way. I'm like, oh my God, you're a genius. Yeah. Exactly. And then we've also had uh, an inconsistency with, uh, we have like a, the book of bugs. We also have wanting to do like a book of stupid, but uh, like, so this is an internal document <laughs> that we would keep for uh, bugs that we find in like certain pipelines and certain ways of working um, that we're trying to like retain that knowledge because when you do, do such a variety of projects, you hop from medium to medium. So 2D animation approaches are going to be different from whether you're doing like a 3D animation stuff. So we try and try to uh, keep on top of our bugs that we solve successfully. And try and remember <laughs> and the them. ones that just don't have an answer. <laughs> a lot of notes scribbled everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if we answered any of the questions I, again, <laughs> but that sums it up. Yeah, and I think there's like... We also try and go to conferences and uh, do to like you know paid for online courses. Like there's so much on there that we want to learn, and it just seems like so much to like get your teeth stuck into still as artists and as creatives. That you know there's 
where to even start and I think that's like one of our creative goals is to just learn as much and experience as much as a creative as possible yeah I think something we didn't mention was the like random weekly challenges oh, we yeah, did yeah that was really it's a bit of a like sort of origin story of the company when we were working together in the last studio we I think we just sort of did some late nights and we were talking about sort of the styles that we were into and you know whatever we wanted to do so we went onto a random word generator as, Wouldn't you know? as the theme sort of permits and just picked a random word and then we decided like we've got a week and in your evenings just make something whatever pops into your head yeah, so and it could be a still frame or it can be animated or whatever yeah and like we weren't very good at actually sticking it doing it because life gets in the way of trying to do stuff in the evenings which is fair enough but we did quite a few and through the course of doing that because there was no pressure there was no client there was no brief we were just every time we did it we were trying to learn a new thing yeah we I learned it in insane amount and that's yeah. part of what made me want to set up a studio it was doing that and i was like god i could get paid to do this that's crazy <laughs> and also the big part of that was like seeing how other people tackled the exact same word as you and like approached it and changed it and stuff like that so that was like a big part of the learning is learn seeing how other people approach the same problem as well yeah so i think that kind of boils down to setting yourself like goals setting yourself internal mm -hmm. briefs you know it's not just going and recreating a tutorial which is great and you do have to do that a lot of the time but just giving yourself a challenge and Usually it was, a, well, for me, it was a ridiculous challenge that wasn't yeah. doable at all. But I would fall somewhere short, but where I fell was like, I'd still learn stuff by that Tom stage. usually picks the most complex thing to do and shoot like... Yeah, I've got <laughs> three you... things I'm going to do. A full fur sim character <laughs> composited into... And you usually get somewhere through it and mine, they're usually a lot more simpler. <laughs> but we learn the same but, things and I yeah. pulled a lot more of my hair out. Yeah. <laughs> But so it, usually, you might have the right angle. Yeah, well, well, there's a lot of fun in the, that process as well. And that's something that we try and continue to do in Taunt is like that random weekly challenge yeah. when we can like when we, get the time. Yeah, <laughs> but I would highly recommend that to anyone because yeah. there's a huge amount of self-learning that happens because at the end of every week you look at each other's and you're all amazed at what each other's done. But then you talk about it and like I did this by doing this and this and this and you did this and it's great and that yeah. only takes a, an hour or so every day and, it, and those things then feed into our client work you know from different people's approaches to different things mm. um like we've got jobs through some of those things by showing that stuff we made in the evenings for the crack and people go oh, i love that can you do, do a bigger version of that yeah. yeah okay why not pretty cool if you were to land your dream client what would that look like this is another thing we talked about a lot at the start. And at the start, it was just if we could do... There's a company like, called Man vs. Machine who did all the really cool, like, Nike adverts. And yeah, it's like the sickest MoGraph stuff you've ever seen. It's, yeah. like, super edgy and tasty and really cool stuff. So it was that. And it, I think we were kind of like... We wanted to do that creatively. We didn't particularly care about them, like, as a client. It was just, like, if we could make that project... But now I don't know what it is anymore. I mean, we talk about uh, documentary features. We talk about games, ideas. In terms of a client, I think it's... Oh, that could be anybody with the right story to tell. Uh, I think because we're more interested in IP at the minute as well. Like We're trying to tell a lot of our own stories when possible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a, some things on the bucket list, like working on a feature film, that would be really cool. Uh, working with 
bands and music videos that would be amazing yeah that's probably a big one actually it's some of our favorite bands if we got to make their videos i'd yeah. die happy yeah um as well as working on like i'd love to do documentary feature or you know even tv for broadcast stuff i mean oh god i don't even know <laughs> question's too hard yeah. <laughs> i think my next one might be a little bit more difficult as an extension of my <laughs> as an extension of my last question i suppose in terms of success, where do you draw the line with that? Where, when will you be like, yes, we are, we have been successful? Maybe if we're around in ten years. I think that's a difficult one because I don't know if I'll ever feel fully like up the line. Yeah, it's that kind of creative struggle that I think most creative people have is like you work towards this insane goal and then one day you actually achieve that goal and five minutes before the end of that you go like right what's the next goal and you push this bar higher and higher and I don't work out where that stops like because uh, <laughs> okay Tom because <laughs> <laughs> no, I think at the minute we've achieved a lot of what we wanted to yeah yeah and it was just being sustainable was the biggest thing and still is a pretty massive thing that I'm still blown away by but you know, we get the big jobs that we want and then it, we do very quickly start to look at the next one which i don't necessarily think is a positive thing I, I think we do need to sit back and smell the roses a little bit yeah i think i mean where we're at now has been pretty successful <laughs> according to our benchmark of lasting to may of 2018 yeah. um but i think in the long term super long term i think you know we'd like this to have for me anyway it's something that has longevity um, and that makes a difference and that people it employs people which is pretty still really surreal um like you hear of a lot of studios that live and die on one project and people come in they scale up and they scale down and everybody loses their job uh, and has to go and freelance or whatever i think something that you know if we had a core team of really great people doing really great projects in 10 years you know that'd be pretty sick yeah. And then also some of the stuff we've been talking about of the stuff that makes a difference or stuff that means something, Action you know, projects. I hope that I'll be satisfied with yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah do, doing, cares? doing a big, a piece that you genuinely can sit back and go, fuck, like the people who've looked at that are going to feel something and potentially they'll go and talk to their friends about it and I don't know, start yeah. recycling. Ask, ask us in 10 years time and <laughs> see. I'll be a lot grayer. Yeah. <laughs> This mini-series was written and developed for Belfast Design Week, which runs from the 4th to the 10th of November. If you'd like to find out more about the festival, its events and opportunities, you can find us at BelfastDesignWeek.com. Thank you to Sean from Radio YMP and Matthew from the Best of Belfast podcast for letting us use their studios for this mini-series. Thank you also to Nathaniel Myers, who wrote, performed and recorded the music for this series. This podcast was a collaboration between Turf and Green and Belfast Design Week and produced by myself, Simon Worthington, Ronan Lunny and Krishma Kursakar for Belfast Design Week 2019. See you at Design Week. <laughs>